We've heard this week about a heated row in Cabinet over housing Ukrainian refugees. Well, the political fallout aside, it has brought to a head a problem that's really been simmering for some time, and that is the state's capacity is near or at its limits. Following that Cabinet meeting, the question of whether those fleeing Ukraine should only be provided with shelter for the first 90 days after their arrival remains under consideration by government. So too does the question of whether there should be changes to the social welfare provision for Ukrainians. Uh, We're going to look at this with my panel shortly, but... Firstly, I've been speaking to Lorcan Sir, who is Senior Lecturer in Housing at Technological University Dublin and also a member of the board of the Irish Refugee Council. And I began by asking him for his reaction to the proposed 90-day time limit. I, I think very generally I'm very disappointed that that, that, is, that proposal is even on the table, to be honest with you. And whereas it may be legal, um, there's nothing illegal about the proposal. It's not really morally defensible to be sending people out into what is going to be certain homelessness over the winter. And of course, then what happens is if you increase the numbers of people actually homeless, you have to spend a lot of money, time and resources in trying to house people at the other end then. So it, it's disappointing that it was even mentioned and, and you know, particularly... It, you know, when you have regard to the the, the almost certain, it's not it's not potential, but it's almost certain knock on effects of of actual homelessness for a, an awful lot of people. Okay, so if the proposal were to go ahead, then given what you're saying about homelessness and the current housing crisis, what would the options be for an individual or a family who would reach that ninety day point? Um, at, you know, and after which the state has provided accommodation, what are their options? Where could they go? Well, that's a very good question. The options for for non uh, you know refugees and benefits of temporary protection, uh, like uh, in other words, people living here already are are, are extremely limited, given the very tight uh, rental market that already exists, uh, and a lot of hotels are obviously full of refugees and and, and their own business with, with tourists and, and other visitors. So the options for for people are you know very limited, and it this very much looks like a deliberate strategy, Mary, in order to make Ireland a very unattractive place uh, for people to come to so that they will look at Ireland from Ukraine and be talking to their relatives and friends who are here and saying that this is a really tough place to live because after 90 days you get you get turfed out into into definite homelessness but because of the extremely tight uh, rental market that exists for everybody at the moment. So their options are, are few and far between with the emphasis on, on very much on few. I suppose the argument in government would be that there have to be realistic spaces essentially running out. Uh, refugees are continuing to arrive here and they have to put some measures or time frame in place. Well, what, what you've seen from government is the justification for this seems to be, well, this is what's happening in Europe. So therefore, it's OK to do it here. But we have to remember that a lot of European company, countries do not have a housing issue. They don't have a housing problem. And yet, you know, so you can't really compare it to them. But, you know, if the 90-day limit is applied in a country that doesn't have a housing problem, it's very different uh, to a 90-day limit that's imposed here where there's a very short supply so, uh, of housing for anybody. For anybody, So, I mean, effectively, the state needs to put its shoulder to the wheel in a, in a much more meaningful way than it has to date about providing accommodation, both tempor- temporary and uh, permanent. Because, you know, as, as a lot of ministers will admit, a lot of these people are going to stay here for a long time, even if and when that war ends. So I, I think there's an awful lot more heavy lifting to be done at a state level. And relying on the market, uh, as in hotels and that kind of accommodation, is not feasible. It's not economical and it's not sustainable over the long term. 
you are a member of the expert advisory group on ending direct provision. Uh, this time last year, you co-authored a report along with the former Secretary General of the European Council, Dr. Catherine Day, and the former Ambassador to the United Nations, David Donoghue. And you expressed concern for potential racial tension and confrontation. Would those concerns be heightened do you think if this 90 day time frame were to come in and Ukrainian refugees join the thousands of others already on the housing list? Um, well, well, these people wouldn't be put on the housing list, but they would be put in a long queue uh, along with everybody else uh, seeking rental accommodation. I mean, I think a couple of the recommendations that were made in that, that, that report, and there was another one earlier on this year, are still really relevant. And and, and in terms of the, the, the far right and, you know, being careful not to, to make things worse there, we're still lacking, I think, an effective communication strategy nationally around this whole Ukrainian uh, refugee issue and, and, you know, more broadly the issue of, of people seeking protection here. Anyway, we have said that in, in the last couple of reports uh, and, and we stand by that. I think that, that communications is still a massive issue, as is as is very, it's also very evident, Mary, that there is there's by no way is there an all-a-government approach to this. I mean, anybody involved in this can see this and people not involved can see it as well. I mean, if there was an all-government approach, the Department of Housing would be all over this. The Land Development Agency, for example, would be doing the heavy lifting as they have access to land and money and more money as we see this week. Um, so, but they're not all over this at all. So it's it's obvious that this is a, a mission you know, that's been left at the doorstep of, of um, the Department of Children and Minister O'Gorman. Like, if you, if you pair this back, Mary, this is effectively a housing issue. You know, but yet it's been left to the Department of Children uh, to look after and resolve. Ukrainians are refugees and we already have thousands of people, don't we, with refugee status in direct provision here? Yeah, we do. We've just under 24,000 people uh, in various types of centres uh, around the country. 21% of them are, are children, just over a fifth are children. Um, and of those, already we have 5,650 5, or so who have status to remain but can't leave because there's nowhere for them to go. So if those people who have been in Ireland already for, for, for years... Uh, have nowhere to go and they can't leave direct vision. Where, where do they expect Ukrainian people to go? Uh, if you put it, if you impose a 90-day limit uh, on Ukrainians in accommodation, just where exactly do they uh, expect them to go? And my, my sense of it is that they expect them to leave uh, Ireland. But you know that that is a very unfair expectation. Okay, and the finance minister Michael McGrath has said this proposal could put a strain on renters. Uh, what do you make of those comments? I think the comments from from Minister McGrath, with all due respect to him, so a, a huge uh, lack of self awareness. I mean, got various governments of, of different hues since 2004 have been quite happy to put people who are entitled to a council house into the private rental sector in the rental accommodation scheme to 2004 and the housing assistance claim, the HAP scheme since 2014. There's now 60,000 households in the private rental sector um, who should really have got council housing or social housing over the years, and they are pushing up rents. Uh, and there seems to be no uh, commentary on that over the last 20 years. Okay, um, but so does, he, I, does he have a point though? Will this put more pressure on renters if it was come, to come to pass? Yeah, I, look, I don't think I don't think it's even going to get there because I think there's so little accommodation out there uh, and the amount of people who will be able to find it coming, the amount of Ukrainian refugees coming out of accommodation after 90 days who will be able to find it will, will be so few that it's not going to have in any way the same effect as putting 60,000 households on HAP into the rental sector. Lorcan Sir, a senior lecturer in housing and member of the board of the Irish Refugee Council, speaking to me a little earlier. Hildegard Nocton, uh, 
Turning refugees out after 90 days, according to Lorcan Sir, and indeed others who've worked closely with the system, would be inhumane. Would you agree with that assessment? I think it's important to to look at, I suppose, where we have come from in relation to to this. We've welcomed nearly 100,000 Ukrainians to Ireland and I am personally very proud. And I know that talking to people when the war in Ukraine broke out, uh, there was a a lot of uh, huge support and compassion right around Ireland. We have, as a country, provided accommodation, food, shelter, healthcare, education, jobs, income. That's a a whole of government response here uh, to what was a crisis, uh, which is ever evolving. Um, But we need to be honest as well about the capacity issues within the country. And I think that's what these discussions are about at government level to make sure that uh, we are equipped to um, deal and continue to support people who are coming in. But just unfortunately, we have that limited capacity, particularly when it comes to accommodation. And that's the context to what's being examined at the moment. And you mentioned the whole of government response there. Uh, which many others would disagree with. I'm just wondering, were you at that cabinet meeting on Tuesday where this discussion was held? Yes, and, and I think these... Okay, and it was described as the worst row or one of the worst rows um, at the table as being reported. Is Would that be your assessment of it? Absolutely not. I, I don't discuss what happens at Cabinet, but I'd be happy to say that we have, um, you know, regular uh, discussions on, uh, obviously, on uh, the programme for government and of issues of uh, top priority, which is okay, housing, and, the, F- the and, refugee and crisis and accommodation. Did you get advance notice that this was being raised? The, 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 this topic, can I say, is, is I know, raised the, regularly the, at our cabinet many meetings. Many ministers there said they so didn't get advance notice. I'm just wondering, did you get advance notice that it was being raised? Did you know this issue? Can, can I, in case people are in doubt, uh, the issue around um, our accommodation crisis, uh, Ukrainian um, refugees. This is discu- discussed regularly at cabinet subcommittee level, at leaders level. Yeah, but at full uh, cabinet. At, at cabinet, um, and you know, this is what we want to do here: is make sure that we have a policy that uh, can actually respond to uh, people coming into this country and and just and to be actually honest in relation to what we can do around our capacity okay. issues not just in accommodation but healthcare with in relation to our because schools Lorcan education Lorcanser is saying it's his belief that there's a deliberate strategy now to dissuade Ukrainians from coming here um, and that's something that has been levelled at the government from the opposition benches too is it a deliberate strategy No, what we want to do here is to respond honestly to what we can do as a country. And I think anyone looking at, uh, you know, the the delivery of housing, which we are increasing and it has is increasing on a weekly and monthly basis, we need to be able to make sure that we can respond to people who are coming here, who have an expectation of what they might receive or the types of accommodation or the supports that might be available. Uh, And that is an ever evolving situation, as is the case in all other European countries as this uh, war has evolved. We want to continue that response, but we want to be upfront and open about the actual capability from a government point of view. So these proposals are being worked on at a government level um, in relation to Okay, and I think the homeless figures yesterday wouldn't fill anyone with any great optimism, would they? I think it's important uh, in relation to housing. We have come a long way in relation to this and just one fact if there's only one figure you people remember we have between 500 and 600 first time buyers every single week in this country buying their first home that is showing you the <coughs> amount of, of progress in relation to uh, people owning their own home we had 30,000 homes were delivered last year that's the but highest 12,800 people homeless 
Absolutely, and I'm not condoning that. September. But but and, and we can't fix that overnight. But when you when I talk about the numbers, 500, 600 people every single week, and that, there are families walking into their own okay, home 3, with their own keys. Okay, three thousand nine hundred children. So homeless. it is going. So it is going in the right direction. And to be able to deal with uh, children who are homeless and getting people um, access to social, affordable, uh, cost rental homes, that is about supply. And that's and the figures from last year are showing that we have built more houses than we have since b- back. Uh, in, in, in the Celtic t- Tiger era. So right now there are more than 22,000 social homes at various stages in the pipeline, design, tender, construction. Um, we have, we're making huge inroads in relation to okay, this. We've the okay. help to buy scheme. We have lots of schemes there. We're absolutely putting everything at it. I'm not saying it's it, it's enough. Absolutely not. But it is going in the right direction. This is okay, all Ola, about Okay, I'm just wondering, what is Sinn Féin's position specifically in, in relation to this 90-day time limit for... Ukrainian refugees. It's absolutely unworkable and should be taken off the table. I mean, the fact that there are 5,000 men, women and children with uh, uh, leave to remain trapped in direct provision, many for a number of years and who can't get out because of the government's failure in housing shows that it just won't work. But also it's not about honesty. Uh, in fact, I think what this week shows and and uh, uh, Hildegard has confirmed it uh, again today is that you have a government that has no coherent uh, uh, or credible plan in terms of the provision of good quality temporary accommodation either for people fleeing the war in Ukraine or others who are coming to Ireland seeking international protection. Okay, but it's all very well saying the government has uh, no coherent plan, but they're faced with the reality of 700 Ukrainians arriving here each week. If the current rate continued, there could be a need for housing for 50,000 more Ukrainians by this time next year. So given where we are, what would Sinn Féin do about that? Well, we would do what we have been calling for the government to do for for over 20 months and what other organisations like the Irish Refugee Council have been calling for. Remember, at the very outset, uh, when the temporary protection uh, system was put in place, government said we could have as many as 200,000 Ukrainians in Ireland within a year. Uh, We have about half that number at present. Uh, And the calls that we had all been making for a clear and a coherent plan involving not just the Department of Children, but the Department of Housing, the Department of Health and Department of Education have never been put in place. You heard Lorcan Sir rightly say that there has been no coordinated plan. Government has been kind of lurching from crisis to crisis, over-reliant on private hotels, failing to use uh, commercial buildings, failing to use vacant and derelict properties, failing to ramp up the the provision of of, uh, modular units for temporary accommodation. And at the same time, because the two things aren't related, but they sit side by side. Uh, the government has been failing on housing. I mean, the idea that you would say, after 12 years in government, you can't fix housing overnight, as Hildegard uh, just said, shows how out of touch she is. In every single year her party has been in government, homelessness, and in particular child homelessness, has increased. Uh, and yes, 30,000 new homes will be delivered this year, but those homes are not accessible to the people who are at risk of homelessness, who are in emergency accommodation. And therefore, I think government needs to, first of all, step back. We need to stop the political rowing both within the cabinet uh, 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 and between the political parties. It's almost like they're all trying to push the issue of Ukrainian accommodation to somebody else. So you have the Minister for Justice and the Minister for Social Protection arguing with each other. You have the Minister for Housing and the Minister for Children arguing with each other. You have appalling leaks and poorly communicated information being put by the Taunishta of all people into the public domain. Government needs to stop the leaks. They need to put in place a coherent plan both to ensure people coming to our country fleeing war and persecution have adequate temporary accommodation and we can do that but also to tackle the escalating housing and homelessness crisis uh, because those homeless figures are only going in one direction if this government doesn't change its approach. Gary Gannon, uh, 
everyone's identifying the problem here, but few people are identifying the solution. What do you think needs to be done? Well, it should also be said, as the fellow did say, I certainly wouldn't have started from this point. And we do need to go back to where we were a year, 18 months ago, when across the opposition in the Social Democrats, we were cross, calling for cross-collective cabinet responsibility on this issue. So in terms of the solutions I'll call for now, but have also been calling for since the beginning of this crisis, I mean, modular homes, they were promised 700 modular homes would be delivered by this year. We've had 232 to this point. When you look at like an actual kind of nationwide um, seeking of where there are vacancies and vacant properties, the Donnybrook Hotel or the Donnybrook Hospital for example just around the corner from here we were told that would require a nine month um, research and report that still hasn't been initiated in terms of opening these type of properties up um, reception centres we still have offer, we still are um, foistering this out into the private sector rather than taking a kind of a national responsibility for reception centres so we are where we are I fully appreciate that but we did not need to get here and I do have some sympathy for Roderick O'Gorman I remember I was over a year ago now Roderick O'Gorman was writing to his fellow members around the cabinet table asking for a shared sense of responsibility asking if they have any buildings were in their disposal this has been going on a long time okay, and Just, and just, uh, just to Mary. say Mary though during, during Covid the state was able to move heaven and earth to do things nobody thought was possible Absolutely. yet when it comes to the homelessness crisis or the provision of temporary accommodation for people seeking war or fleeing war and persecution the government will not take the same emergency okay. whole of government and response and yeah, until Mary, that is I done these problems yeah, yeah, aren't Hildegard going to get Nocton, any better um, you might tell us Hildegard Nocton if the government is planning to cut welfare social welfare payments to Ukrainian refugees as some government sources have suggested according to some newspaper reports so uh, c- can I just come back briefly in relation to what was said there just okay. by, by by Gary and, and Owen there just I, I, I just I find it really <laughs> unbelievable to listen to Sinn Féin talk about uh, the housing crisis when they themselves uh, would like to abolish the help to buy scheme and the first home scheme this is the help to buy scheme is that scheme that is now enabling 500 600 people uh, own their own home and uh, yeah, Deputy Louise O'Reilly yesterday on the radio saying that those five hundred people every week who are have the keys to their own home are the wrong people in those homes. I would love to see Sinn Féin knock on their doors. Said, that is exactly that is what so she dishonest, said. Hildegard. Go back and so listen to her dishonest. interview yesterday. Deflect, she said they're the wrong. And distract you know, from you're, your you're own trying to interrupt failures. me when I am, More, I am, that is because I am you are lying. That is because you are deliberately misrepresenting what Louise said. She said the wrong people said. are in those homes. That okay, is absolutely that, that is not what she said. I'm sorry. That is that is not what she said. And again, rather than accept responsibility for ownership. rising that's also Shin not true again a lie okay, okay, bare-faced lies from a government okay I'm going to bring Gary Gannon uh, Gary Gannon do you want to, do you want to come back yeah, very go back it's honesty and thank you uh, we've, we've, well, we've heard they're, from both they're, of you there they're the facts the first home scheme the help to buy scheme can I bring Gary Gannon in there he'll regard not to you made your point I think Gary Gannon that's why we have a housing crisis minister so in terms of we can fully establish the facts my colleague Keanu Callaghan brought forward a bill to the doll this week which we'll hopefully be presenting in two weeks that will force developers to reveal their full profits. So we will know the extent of how these schemes have helped in terms of have they helped people get housing, have they just enabled developers to put up the okay, cost? Okay, and I, I'm going to get to you in a short while, Hildegard Nocton, back to you on that social welfare question. Can but I, Gary Gannon, is the government not right to... So Hildegard Nocton is rejecting that this is a deliberate strategy uh, to dissuade people from coming here. But is the government not right to flag then, that there are 
the system here is under pressure to put the system potential is under arrivals. pressure but as they flag they should use evidence in order to back up their argument and that hasn't been forthcoming this week in fact what a lot of people in the newspaper reports of highlighted was that welfare rates here are somewhat different to what in other European countries that comes from a report by the Oireachtas Library Research Service which was very consistently flagged in that report that they should not be used as a like for like like welfare rates in Ireland under the temporary directive assistance should not be compared to Germany and Belgium for example because they're very different style of yeah. welfare system so we have this it's 205 euro here or 7 euro in Belgium it neglects the fact that actually there is local authority grants within Belgium that brings that up significantly okay. What's your response to that Hildegard Nocton? So first of all no proposal is on the table in relation to social welfare um, rates Minister Heather Humphreys is currently reviewing this um, this is an ever evolving situation in relation to n- not just what's happening in Ukraine but right across the world uh, the instability and we can see it in the first piece here in, in this programme um, in relation to uh, migration across the world it's important to say that other countries have lower rates and other countries limit the time for which they offer social welfare support um, yeah, but we is that comparing like for like? Well, there are different there are different uh, systems, absolutely, uh, and and approaches in different countries. And what happens in one country might not be the, the the same in relation to others. But what we have, but other countries, what is clear is that other countries have changed their approach since the start of this war. What we want to be able to do is maximise our resources um, and be able to support people who are coming in through accommodation, through the supports, through education, through healthcare. We want to continue to do okay, it. And, but but we have to we have to acknowledge. Uh, that there are constraints when you have increased numbers coming in we have to be able to look at our resources and see what is the best way that so we can So is it fair to say is it fair to say people. then that supports will change um, it is being reviewed at the moment. I would expect so, but we have had and we will continue to have a very compassionate uh, response here. But okay, it has and, and to change as as events change and as the numbers coming in to our healthcare system, our schools, the accommodation, we have to be able to be flexible and respond to do that. What that response is, we don't have. We don't have that proposal yet. Okay, That's and something that has been worked attention, on. Attention has been drawn by a number of government ministers that a certain percentage of Ukrainians are coming here from other European countries. I'm just wondering why is that being thrown into the mix? What's the point that they're trying to make there? There are second, secondary movements uh, in, in relation to people coming in. And look, we do want to welcome people in, but where, if it's a situation where, as is relative to other countries, we're, we're getting numbers that we just cannot which accommodate, which is, which, is the, which is the issue here. So we want to be able to have that response, but we have, we've only limited resources. Okay, get, That's um, the bottom line here. Oh, no, I think Brian, people I listening can appreciate that. So how, how do you best support people coming in and be honest with them around what we can do and what they can expect when they come here. First of all, let's not forget very, very many Ukrainians and other people from other nationalities seeking international protection are working, are paying tax. Um, And this debate, uh, I think, has kind of a dangerous possibility of of conflating the fact that people who are in this country seeking international protection or under temporary protection are all on social welfare. That's not the case. I do think it's deeply unfortunate. I have no difficulty with government government reviewing any policy and government coming up with evidence-based proposals for improving systems. That's fine. But we've had very, very poorly communicated positions from government. We had the Taunister using a figure of 30% uh, without any reference to the caveats and the conditionality on that figure that were in the relevant Department of Justice report. There are many people, for example, who have to travel through other European member states to get here and therefore have to register. You have issues around family reunification. So I think what the 
the government needs to do is stop the leaking, uh, stop stop a little bit of the dog whistling politics that we've seen this week. Uh, and if they have Who proposals, of, 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 if, of if, sort of if, if we if we have if government have proposals and if they have evidence to support those proposals, then come into the Oireachtas, come into the re- relevant committees and talk to us. But I have to say, this has been a particularly bad week for a government, okay, and that so is because that is because. They don't have a plan. They're not coherent. They're flailing all over the place and not okay, just so on this issue, on others. Just on the substance, would Sinn Féin cut social welfare rates for Ukrainian refugees? Uh, we, we haven't even considered the matter. And in fact, uh, until you started to hear some of the leaks and the poor communication from government So is it week, fair to say that you don't, want to, um, you don't want to stick your neck out on this because it's a difficult topic electorally for people around the country. Sinn Féin doesn't want ab- to ab- ab- uh, ab- state ab- exactly what it would do in government. Absolutely not. Right? There is a temporary protection uh, system in place. We have supported the government in doing that. If the government want to make amendments to that, the best way to do it is bring forward proposals, give us the evidence, stop doing it in a manner of leaks and poorly communicated statements okay. and rows between government members. But what I would also say is a huge number of the people we're talking about, they're out today working hard. They're paying taxes. They're contributing okay. to society. So, so let, let's put this all in some perspective. Yeah, and I should also think it's an important point to make that the war that's currently raging in Ukraine is vicious. Nobody's coming here because of our welfare rates. I mean, you're talking about every inch there is being fought for um, with unimaginable ferocity and cruelty. So um, you have scored there, it's tactics going on. The people that are coming from Ukraine now have spent 18 months there under a vicious um, war. They're coming here, they, they will need far more than 90 days before they're forced now under the street. The fact that it's even being considered is inhumane. We need to step away from We also need to stop seeing people as burdens. As mm-hmm. Ona's already mentioned, people are coming here, they're contributing to our economy. They will do longer term, but they need to be given the chance in order to do that. Okay, very briefly, Hildegard Nocton, when will the government make a decision on this? So Minister Humphreys is reviewing that. I would uh, I would expect in in the very near future. Uh, and just in, in relation, are we, are we looking to at Tuesday's cabinet meeting? I, possibly, I, or will it be I, pushed? I down can't further? say it would be next week's uh, cabinet. I'm not okay. I'm not sure, but because it's it's under review. But can I just say our response has been a compassionate response. Okay. Nobody okay, is yeah. suggesting anything different. And just in relation to uh, Ukrainians at work, I can absolutely testify. Even here in Galway, the amount of uh, community supports they're getting to get people setting up their own businesses who are at work who are really eager to get out uh, working and, and part of our response is that of as that of that whole of government responses to assist them in doing that as well as well as helping families and children with healthcare education so this is an all of government response and I would absolutely refute uh, what the opposition are saying there this is not easy it's challenging nobody is saying it is but I note none of them uh, have come up with any suggestions or solutions just critique Okay, okay, well, we're going to have to leave that discussion there.